welcome back we are now in episode two i know it's amazing that we've made it this far but we have this is the podcasters guild with your hosts eric and andrew hello hello for today's episode we're going to be taking a look at midnight on the firing line the second episode for babylon 5 um, before we do that though just a couple minor issues to address here one is that i got a new microphone boom arm yesterday and i went oh, to install exciting. it i know really really excited but firstly the c-clamp for it didn't fit my desk which was really annoying um, i managed to get it to fit on my monitor stand but then when i was trying to adjust it in preparation for today's uh recording it broke so that's pretty crappy <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. So how are you holding your mic? Is it just, just you know? It's just flopped on the desk, string? basically. Yeah. <laughs> blowing in the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Effectively. So, thought that was uh, slightly that's, funny that's and okay. annoying. Oh, which one is that? <laughs> that would be waffles. Waffles. Excellent. We're meeting your whole menagerie over there. Oh yeah. Ursula episode by might, episode. Might make an appearance next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to meet them every episode. And what an episode this was, Eric. What an episode. So, uh, firstly, are you going to call Lando by his correct name now? <laughs> what was I calling him? You were calling him Lando last time. Oh, I'm still going to call him Lando because that's his name. <laughs> okay, okay. It's got real young Frankenstein energy. It's Igor. No. no. <laughs> there are people with this name already. Lando Carissian from Star, Star yes. Wars. Yes. Uh, clearly it's Lando. Londo. Londo. Yes, it is very much Londo. But I do want to talk about Londo because this was really his episode. But okay, well let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. Do you have okay. a plot synopsis you wanna you wanna go into or should we just yeah. fill it in as we talk about each each part? Well let's let's kind of provide a brief overview of the plot. So for this episode, Midnight on the Firing Line, the plot revolves around a uh, surprise attack on a Centauri colony, which we see at the beginning of the episode. And then there's a lot of politicking going on to determine you know what's happening and kind of who was the arbiter of this this kind of attack, if you will. And that leads us into the episode. And then we kind of begin the episode with Londo hearing the news of this as he's having a conversation with Garibaldi and of course you know he wants Garibaldi to trust him on another one of his many schemes right but yeah I think to your point this is very much a Londo centric episode before we blow right past it let's discuss real quick that the place that was attacked was a colony called Ragesh 3 yes which if the naming convention of Babylon 5 is anything to go by what happened to the first two Regeshes? Did they also sink into swamps? Is this just a thing out here where we keep losing these these colonies, these space stations, and we keep building them with the same name in the same spot? And just iterate that name like some computer science variable naming. <laughs> like, oh, this is uh, Regesh 3. Don't ask about the ter- first two Regeshes. <laughs> it could also be a... Uh... A bureaucratic mix-up, as Londo points out in his conversation with Garibaldi, the Centauri thought Earth was Beta 10 and it was actually Beta 12 or something like that. The, yeah, the Centauri yeah. seemed to have trouble with bookkeeping. He really gives off the impression that like it's only because he's down on his luck that you have any sympathy for this character. 
it really yeah. seems like if he was in a position of power that he would be the antagonist full stop like he's kind of a dirtbag mm. Uh, but I, yeah. you know who I loved, who is not a dirtbag, or maybe is, is a dirtbag, but I still loved him. His sidekick, his diplomat sidekick, who was, I mean, we talk about Bargain Basket cast members. This was Bargain Basket Newman from Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, slash uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> he was... <laughs> Didn't he give give you that vibe? That kind of you know, he's just coming like master, master. I can't even do a good impression. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, Vera Cotto, who is played by uh, Stephen First. Stephen First, who was quite famous for playing a lot of kind of goofy characters in like seventies and eighties comedy movies. Um, okay, you might recognize him from um yeah he was in animal house national lampoon's animal house that's kind of his breakout role in the 70s and 80s i think well that's interesting you know i do i do have watched animal house i don't i didn't recognize him i did google stephen first Mm. and according to google saint stephen was the first martyr so there you go (laughs) a little fun fact about the cast and crew here google's very useful at looking things up like that you'll find died in 33 ad so so these episodes and and movies were really a stretch for him it sounds like yeah Uh, for that age he looked very good you know you have to admit so i did enjoy you know noticing who is recast the bridge commander isn't takamura anymore Mm -hmm. it's this new lady who is quite rude i would say Yes. Uh, rude and unprofessional actually characterizes quite a bit of the crew. When you're working in a professional capacity, I think part of the job is putting on the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not not these guys. These guys are all about, you know, I'm in the middle of a million things. They're all obnoxious and I hate you. Go away. You know, <laughs> they real, real that kind of energy. Uh, yeah. You'd think you'd think that the people rising to positions like bridge commander would have a better poker face, as it were. Yeah, I get the impression that Ivana would just really doesn't care, especially when it comes to Psycor people and telepaths. She's like, screw you guys. I don't want anything to do with you. And with her being military, she just kind of is like doesn't care attitude, right? But, you know, like they said, the, the Babylon 5 regulations, which this is Babylon 5's own rules, say that the psychics, according to the Babylon the episode, say that the psychics need to check in with the second in command and she's like actively avoiding doing (laughs) that part look all i'm saying is i think the professionalism definitely leads something to be desired on babylon 5 you know it not to mention can we talk about the election chit chat so one of the yeah not even the b plot like the the d plot of this episode is that there's an election going on back Mm -hmm. on earth and the chit chat they have about the election about politics is just so (laughs) it's so quaint you know, yeah. in in the sort of political climate we live in now, it's just it's just like kind of ridiculous to hear someone be like, "Well, his VP has a double chin, and I don't like that." It's like, "Oh, really? That's like I I know they didn't want to have to go into some realistic political space for that for the little D plot mm-hmm. here." But, you know, that just sounds very like if you told somebody you were voting Trump or Biden based on how many chins they had, I don't think it matters who you'd be talking to. They look at you like you were an idiot. You know, no, you know it's like down home kind of wisdom, right? Like out on yeah. the farm, right? I agree. But that, that was cute. It, it, it seems to have come out from a, you know, a simpler 
totally. I don't know, maybe not a simpler time, but at least a yeah. less divisive time for sure. That, yeah. that bit of writing. Yeah, definitely. So before we get away from kind of changes in the show, did you notice some of the other uh, changes like the updates to the uniforms and a few of oh, the other yeah. things? Like- oh, yeah. In fact, I even wrote down they halved the number of hot dogs per mask. They did. And now you can see their face, four. too. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you can see their face. Classic sci-fi. Let's put lights on the inside of the mask. What, what do you mean you're blinded because there's lights shining right in your face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're paying big money for these actors. Let's see their faces. Yeah, I yep. enjoyed that. And I liked that uh, it looked like they had color-coded masks, presumably for different aliens to breathe different things. So that's yeah. fun. And uh, they yeah. put security railing in the command center, right? <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I mean, that was, OSHA that's... approved safety railing. <laughs> yeah, really. finally in place. <laughs> that was a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I probably didn't note all the changes, but I thought sure. I liked the, most of the casting changes. I noticed they either got rid of or just completely reintroduced the psychic yeah a different psychic so the, the one in the pilot episode was lita alexander this one is talia winters and so different characters and they're kind of behind the show reasons for why there was a change that we can maybe go into at a later time but yeah so talia winters is going to be the resident psychic for the foreseeable future and we'll see her she's like a, a recurring cast member uh, okay. Winters. So we'll see more of her. Uh, she's played by Andrea Thompson. And I think if I recall correctly, she actually married one of the other cast members or was married to one of the other cast members for a period of time. And when they got divorced, there were some <laughs> some things that, that happened as a result of that, I believe. I'm not oh, sure. There might, oh, there's probably some that Hollywood sounds, uh, that sounds spicier rumors in than there. Anything that happened in the show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, we have the uh, episode kicking off with the, as you mentioned earlier, attack on Ragesh 3. And then we go through the cold open into the title or the intro. Uh, what do you think of the, the intro? I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. Yeah. It was it was a nice little just overview of, hey, it's this station. And guess what? Everyone's here. Ambassadors and mm-hmm. ne'er-do-wells. And yeah, like I think I mentioned this in our last first, you know, our last episode, also our first episode. Yeah. Uh, felt like they were really going for like Cantina vibes. Like, yeah. oh, this is just a, you know, a dangerous spot in the universe, which is a little silly, right? Because like this is where all the aliens get together and i like to see that there was more aliens just having four of them really just felt Mm -hmm. a bit silly yeah but you know this idea that like oh this is where the ambassadors meet and also it's a hive of scum and villainy you know it's like well wait a minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) why would it be a hive of scum and villainy or you know yeah uh like is it wouldn't security be real tight in the one place that all these alien races send their representatives like you know that that part didn't quite check out for me in terms of like well is this a secure like hag type place or is this mm-hmm. just a random station and if it's the, a random station why are they sending all their ambassadors here especially if the right. last four sank into the swamp totally uh, anyway you asked me how i liked the intro i thought it was neat i thought it was kind of cool you got lots of cgi they really spent a lot of their cgi budget i think on that intro yeah uh, yeah interesting way to describe the station kind of says mm-hmm. it all right there yeah interesting aside is i think babylon 5 was one of the first if not the first 
TV series to go full CGI for like all those kind of scenes that would traditionally use models like the, the ships and stuff like that. Yeah. Star Trek followed soon after with DS9, I think, doing that in the kind of the later seasons. Well, it must have looked incredible at the time. Although I think maybe totally. you know the the models did look just amazing, right? I mean, the original yeah. Star Star Wars still hold up. Yeah. And and it's because they use those incredible models. But the early CGI, I mean, it's kind of nostalgic. It's but. If you're into the show and you're used to modern graphics, it'll take you out for sure. It'll take mm-hmm. you out of your out yep. of your suspension of disbelief. Uh, totally. But yeah, no, K- Katie was actually my wife. Was about to skip through it. I'm like, let's at least watch the first intro, and then we can skip it. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the thing with Babylon Five is that every subsequent season has its own kind of intro to it. And the dialogue changes in the intro and stuff like that. So, yeah, you wouldn't need to watch it for the rest of the, the season. But next I season, gotcha. if you want to, I would encourage you guys to check that. And, you know, I so I think this will be a theme of, of our discussions here. But I just want to talk again about how bad at their jobs <laughs> these ambassadors are. Uh, Lando, Lando, <laughs> is terrible at his job. He is just atrocious at his job. Like... You know, I understand that he had a personal connection to most recent attack, but like, mm-hmm. candle your shit, Lando. You are an ambassador. What are you doing? Like, flying off the handle at every piece of news. You're supposed to be here representing. I don't know. They, you know, going and starting bar fights, uh, <laughs> and then he's like getting trashed later when he didn't like what the government that he supposedly represents decided. So he just got wasted. Yeah. Uh, and then spoiler alert at the end of the episode he he like tries to go and murder the other ambassador and is talked down and that's just the end of that we never really mm-hmm. hear about this intent to murder people ever again uh yeah. but yeah i just you know lando my man my man you know the, he's got he's got no emotional intelligence you know he's got mm-hmm. <laughs> no self-regulatory abilities uh, really a poor choice for an ambassador but maybe if everyone like at back home is like him maybe that's why they sent him i don't know but you know the other guy i forgot his name but the antagonist of the episode the one with all the makeup yeah jakar uh, jakar thank you yes uh mm-hmm. i get you gotta feel for the actor that played jakar it looks like he was in makeup for like hours every day uh yeah. he was also a terrible ambassador and constantly antagonizing this other dude like that won't help you get anything of what you want right just mm-hmm. so yeah i was not impressed with these sort of quality of diplomacy going on here you know they're they're not sending their best i think i think there is some truth to that although there is certainly a lot of backroom dealings going on in this episode too where sinclair goes and talks to londo about you know coordinating how they do things and then kind of trying to brush things under the rug to get the council to pass stuff and conveniently yeah. he's off station when they're trying to take the vote so you know second in command is supposed to you know vote in favor and that sort of stuff so back backdoor dealing abounded right i mean lando yeah. and his and his minion were like oh and we just uh-huh, nobody knows what the council decided except it immediately failed because apparently yeah. your opponent instantly knew <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. And then uh, Sinclair was also like trying to go against what his government decided. Yeah, again, really just like the breaches of confidence uh, mm-hmm. of these ambassadors. It's hard to imagine them ever keeping their jobs if, if any of this stuff was found out. 
Yeah, or if it was important enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, now that we've talked about Ambassador Barfight, which was, you know, one of the highlights of the episode, uh, yeah. can we talk about the prescient murder dreams that Lando has? Because that was just a casual little bit of fun factitude that I feel like they didn't fully think through the world building implications of that. Like, mm-hmm. what if you actually could see how you die? And with that information in hand, like, how would this government recruit for their military? You yeah. know? Like, oh, no, I had a dream that I get shot while serving in the military. So no, thank you, Mr. Recruiter. I'm definitely not going to join. Thanks, but no thanks. Or like, you know, if you have a dream that you're going to die in in some place, why don't you just move far away from that, right? You Mm. you know, why, how could they convince anyone to do any risky activities if the people who would die just instantly know it? Or does that mean that they have no casualties? Right, that everybody, that Maybe. the only people who j- sign up for risky jobs are the people who know. Well, I die eighty years old, you know, having a heart attack on the on the John. So yeah, I'll I'll go fight in space all day. Well, clearly the guys working on the space station at the beginning of the episode that got blown up didn't have the best visions, I guess, and they still took the job nonetheless. Exactly. So. <laughs> See, th- this is what I'm saying, right? Like, why didn't the opening of the episode in, Reg- in Regesh 3 open with someone being like, oh, God, oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> it's exactly how I've seen it. Guys, I have bad news. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, maybe it's, you know, because Londo kind of painted himself as like a an old traditionalist of the Centauri, right? He likes, he wants the Centauri Republic to be the way they used to be, right? They'd be the, the lion of the galaxy, like he put in the beginning of the episode. Maybe it's like his belief system is like those people in our society that are all about like astrology and stuff like that. And it's kind of looked down upon. Maybe that's another one of the reasons why he was given the job in the first place, because he's kind of a joke, right, to the, the yeah. people of Centauri. So. Well, that and <clears throat> which actually brings me nicely to the next thing I wrote down, which is that there are lions in this entire mm-hmm. republic. Are lions the one pan galactic animal? right no, it's I mean, possible yeah you know at the end of the episode they're watching cartoons and the alien is clearly confused not only about what's <laughs> funny about the cartoon but even like what is popcorn yes. meanwhile this other dude is referencing like old earth oh we are the lion wait wait you know what a lion is not only do you know what a lion is but you're sort of casually dropping it in references to yourself mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting, especially because earlier he sort of expressed some human idioms or at least English idioms like open my wrist, <laughs> like you don't have blood flow in your wrist or something like that. Yeah, um, which is interesting that, you know, they would have all the same anatomy, except, uh, you know, they still have wrists. Obviously, they have wrists. They just don't have right. veins in their wrists. Well, it's a convergent morphology you know, from an evolutionary perspective, if we want to be technical about it, I suppose. But, you know, it's like multiple species evolved eyes. So it makes sense that it's possible that multiple species will evolve bipedal motion and sure, sure. You know, similar structures, but still have different internals, possibly. From but, a scientific standpoint, it it's completely reasonable. <laughs> or, is it, or is it only a line on the outside and all its internal That's fair. are different? That's fair, yeah. Maybe what they consider a lion is entirely different from what we consider a lion, right? So That's true. Maybe I mean, lions are like bottom-feeding slug creatures, and he's making a totally different point. Totally, when He says yeah. we were the lion of the, of the galaxy, <laughs> you know. 
He's yeah. like, oh, that's right. They think lions are fierce, you know, predators. Okay, we got more episode to get through, and I'm getting off in the weeds here. So let's uh, <laughs> let's see. Prescient murder dreams by Lando. Half the hot dogs per mask. We also discussed that. Yes. Lando is a terrible ambassador. We also discussed that. <laughs> Reading through my notes here. Oh, Babcom. Did you clock Babcom? Yes. <laughs> the Babylon 5 communication system, Babcom. <laughs> I love the the branding here. You know, Universe Today uh, in the yeah. last episode. Just great futuristic branding. And then the news network is Interstellar News Network. I don't know if you caught that. That's on Oh, Babcom. I didn't catch that. Well done. Well done. Thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> so another aspect of the show that's kind of going on in parallel to this whole ambassadorial dialogue and kind of the back and forth over who attacked Ragas Three is this whole uh, B plot with the Raider attack, right? And them investigating the Raiders. One of the things that really caught my eye when I first watched Babylon Five was the space combat, right? And especially like in this episode, you see a demonstration of that. A little bit later in the episode, you get the the Babylon 5 starfighters, the Star Furies, going out and protecting a refugee ship from the Raiders, which ends up in a pretty cool starfighter scene, one that actually kind of uses Newtonian physics, which is really neat, because you see the Star Furies flying backwards and stuff like that and, and picking off the Raiders, which I thought was cool. Um, what do you think of that? I, I agree with you. I thought it was pretty good. The other, the, So the Raiders' ships were, were plane-shaped, though, which yeah. always bugs me, which is if you're going to go through all the effort to sort of put, you know, make your, your spaceships fly like spaceships and not like World War II dogfights, you know, don't make your ship look like a, a, a plane. But other than yeah. that, I thought it was, I mean, it was fine, right? It was, it was pretty, I'm sure it looked really sharp at the time. It's, it's even for people who live through it, like you and I, it's hard to remember how good this cgi looked when it first came out you know it looks so ridiculous mm -hmm. now i thought it was pretty interesting i don't know if they didn't want to like pay for the actor to do lines or something but none of the raiders said anything they were hailing yeah. them the whole time and the raiders who aren't acting like a bunch of opportunists who just got happened upon you know by big four so i guess they did because they tried to lure him away mm -hmm. uh but, I mean, those raiders had, had hearts of iron. They were just, like, standing and fighting and, you know, dying. And I don't know if they took a single other ship out. Their ships yeah. were pretty flimsy compared to the ones the protagonists had. Yeah, and I think the, the in-universe explanation for the difference in ship designs was that the raider ship was actually an older design. And it was meant to fly in atmosphere and space, which is why it has that. Whereas the Star Furies that the Babylon 5 pilots are flying are designed specifically for space combat so oh, that's why sure, they have sure, sure. the reactive thrusters on all the different vectors and stuff like that are able to be much more maneuverable than the raiders are in actual space combat which is pretty cool you know i what you mentioned earlier made me think of something when you pointed out that sinclair was going out himself in these fighters <laughs> partly to not be present when they yeah. took the vote and again that just seems like such a paper thin excuse like Mm -hmm. like imagine if we had, a, had an ambassador you know at the eu or something or you know at the at the un i mean and then it comes out that he wasn't there to cast a crucial vote because he had personally volunteered to go to like some 
some foot soldier nonsense, right? To like yeah. go patrol the ground. Would we be like, oh, okay, that checks out. Yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. It's cool that you weren't there. I understand. Sure, I'm a little upset, but n- like, no, no, none of that would make any sense. So again, <laughs> it just felt very much like like the conclusion of the uh, pilot, where they just sent the video feed to the war fleet, and they mm-hmm. were like, oh, this all checks out and fully explains everything, and no need to even talk with them. Let's turn around and go home. You know, it felt very, very like that, where it's just like, well. Now that I've imagined how this excuse could work, no need to revisit it. I'm sure it went fine. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is one of the areas where, at the time, Star Trek was a little bit of, I don't know if ahead is the right word, but it's like Star Trek at the time had recognized that it was kind of silly to send the captain or the lead guy out on away missions and stuff, right? So they changed how they were doing things. And some of the other sci-fi shows at the time as well were kind of taking, okay, well, you're the commander. You're not supposed to be going on these sorts of missions, right? You know, one of the things with Babylon 5 is that with it being all about, or a large portion of it being about the politicking and the ambassadorial engagements and things, you needed an action hero sort of person to get, you know, other people in, engaged in it as well, and they had they just went with the commander as kind of an old-fashioned way of doing it, I guess. So, yeah, no, I I don't disagree with anything you said, and I agree. I think mm-hmm. they just sort of fell back into what was easy, having the commander being the sort of action hero leading man. But yeah. the whole point of having a, a crew is that you're supposed to have people that can fulfill other roles. You know, definitely, yeah, yeah. But anyway. No, I thought, um, and I'm blanking on the name of the show, uh, the, the, uh, a newer show set in space with Cylons. It's called, I was hoping you'd jump in there, Eric. What's that Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yes, it is. And Admiral Adama is like a great admiral, an awesome yeah. authority figure, great character. But he doesn't go out fist fighting. You know, they have other... Mm-hmm characters in the cast whose job it is to go be the action hero uh and it's just i don't know why aren't they taking that they even have the security guy initially go out right which again that kind of makes sense at least like okay maybe he's a very hands-on security chief right uh but then for the commander to do it i was just like what Mm And he's skipping yeah. out on his his one actual job, which is representing <laughs> Earth. Yeah, he's supposed to be the lead. He's basically Earth's ambassador for all. Right? Yeah, he's Earth's ambassador. He's like, no, I'm gonna go out in starfighters and I'm gonna shoot at bad guy. Like, come on, come on. Everyone yeah. wants to go fly star starships and shoot at bad guys. Uh, Sinclair, <laughs> do your job. Yeah. So you know, I. I know I kind of take the piss out of the show a lot. I did love it. And you know what I especially appreciated is this episode passed the Betchel test, right? It had two mm-hmm. female characters discussing something that wasn't a man. Uh, right. Specifically, it had the the commander, the, the flight deck commander and the new psychic yeah. chatting about psychicness. Yeah. And, and we had that very sort of heartfelt story of tragedy a lot of characters really ready to give a long heartbreaking story of trauma from their past to almost complete strangers yeah you know to people (laughs) and they're like oh well you know why this is important to me 
and then they go into some really personal story of trauma. Uh, yeah, you know, I get it. You're, they're trying to establish these relationships. And I was like, wow, you guys are just, you know, really healthy communication on yeah. Babylon 5. No, no one's caging up their emotions. No one's just building walls around themselves. No. Tear those walls down. Everyone's sharing. They're very open about their emotions. And Garibaldi really wants to share his first favorite thing with everyone, or at least his second favorite thing. Or at least, oh yeah, that I enjoyed that. I enjoyed <laughs> it when it was teased, and I enjoyed it when it was revealed. That was yeah. the, the, a gem. Uh, his second favorite thing in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was pretty funny. Old, what, old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Well, not old. At the time, actually, those were the newest, probably, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Um, from Looney Tunes back in the day. From Looney so. Tunes, yeah. When I loved, and again, you know, if I looked up the names of the characters, it just wouldn't be, uh, you know, on point. It wouldn't be on brand for me. So <laughs> the alien he was watching them with. Yes, uh, that's Delenn. Delenn. Her makeup's you. been adapted from the first episode. You probably noticed that. Yeah, yeah. We did notice uh, that she's been a little bit recharacterized. But she was hilarious, not only not understanding what was funny about the show, which that part I enjoyed, because why would an alien get right. human humor? But not even be, uh, figuring out the popcorn. She was just like <laughs> looking at a piece of popcorn in her hand. Like, and that was just a great bit of, you know, that great bit of characterization. And I, and I love that the other guy was like enjoying himself too much to even notice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, someone showing you their favorite show and then you not getting that. I mean seems apropos for some reason yeah no i mean I, you know <laughs> nothing i could ever relate to totally uh, you know, if somebody totally. gave me their favorite show i definitely wouldn't you know not watch it for like five years uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. well let's see the last thing i have written in my notes here after can't figure out popcorn is commander pajamas or maybe commander yep. pajamas i should say because uh, in the closing scene, we find Sinclair in his quarters, and he is wearing what looks like commander pajamas. Basically. Uh, which, yeah. I, which I very much enjoyed. I like how they went kind of like a, the sailor field. Like the top he was wearing is very much yeah. something I think I've seen like <laughs> sailors wear like in the military, right? Well, I thought it was a very cool episode. It had sort of tension at the beginning when you didn't know who committed the attack. And then, but it turned out the point of the episode wasn't just a big murder mystery. Even after the facts were known, it was still sort of about the tensions this caused between the ambassadors. And, right. you know, I can definitely understand how, it, because they're the center of the drama, of course they want the interactions to be dramatic. But mm -hmm. it just, like, a lot of times these ambassadors feel like they're sort of high school antagonists instead of you know high level diplomats just because right. they have you know they have, they're so unhinged they're so like not in control of their emotions and i mean i mean lando or londo uh <laughs> especially this episode was just a disgrace just a disgrace but i did love his sidekick i thought his uh his pet diplomat guy was was just the best and you can kind of tell that that guy had a comedic background mm -hmm. his reactions to everything was just so you know like i said like newman from friends yeah. or you know the, the character that actor played in jurassic park basically that energy um, right so i really enjoyed that 
Yeah, and he gets to become like a, a fan favorite over the years for his his role. And I think you'll find that in the first season, the probably the first half of the season is the show spends that time finding its footing. And by the time we get into the second half of the season, it starts to really gel together. Okay. And we see hints of that in terms of the actors and kind of how they're working off of each other. Um, we start to see some of that chemistry building in this episode between Jakar and Londo. They become very pivotal pair in the coming episodes and seasons throughout the series yeah very getting a lot of like shakespearean tragedy vibes from those two mm-hmm. like yep. you know even said you know we'll die choking the life out of each other <laughs> you know which again yeah. like that just seems like a hell of a premonition to you know sit on for your whole, mm-hmm. whole relationship with a person no, that's good. I, I, I'm really excited to watch the show kind of find its footing. I yeah. thought this was a pretty interesting episode. A few, you know, we're. I think I sort of mentioned this last episode too. We're very sophisticated mm-hmm. consumers of content nowadays, and like the kinds of of stiff dialogue that's that shows yeah. up a lot in this kind of sticks out like a sore thumb compared to you know like you know, all the Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones esque kind of like yeah very yeah good character dialogue. And- There's definitely some kind of cardboard esque dialogue early on in the show i mean there's that one part where <laughs> i kind of called it um commander sinclair's best dirty harry impression when he was talking to jacquard that's <laughs> true and i'm just like ah, yeah um <laughs> but things do improve and they're laying the seeds for for stuff here going forwards but i think it is just a matter of the actors finding their footing and uh, the screenwriter kind of streamlining the dialogue as they go forward and, yeah. they, and the, the show grows. Oh, speaking and of streamlined dialogue, and we, we, we are going to wrap up here in a couple minutes, sure. but I, I did write a note here about how they very casually dropped that San Diego was nuked. <laughs> you caught <laughs> that, did you? Yeah, just... <laughs> Just and I think it was a bit of like, oh, this is the far future, and a lot of shit has happened, and you know, yeah. it's a world you don't. But but again, just like super cash, just like oh, this is worse than the time the raccoon got in the copier and half of San Diego is nuked. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you bring that up because uh, someone actually asked uh, J. Michael Straczynski about that line, and it turns out he hates San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and since it's his show, he's just like, screw it, I'm going to say that San Diego was nuked. It does, you know, it does feel like the kind of strong opinion that somebody from the Bay Area would have. I was like, why <laughs> yeah. San Diego? Like, why not Los <laughs> Angeles or, you know, San Francisco or one of the actually, you know, massive population centers in California? Yeah, yeah. Nope, San Diego. San Diego, because screw san diego exactly but yeah i thought this was uh i enjoyed the episode and i enjoyed the runtime an hour and a half was a big mm-hmm. runtime to sit down to it without is. without expecting it this this one sailed right by 40 minutes it was over before i knew it yeah uh yeah yeah what what wasn't to love it was uh it was a fun one so before we wrap up i wanted to just ask you real quick yeah. who do you who was your favorite character this episode my favorite character oh what a what a good question I mean, it was Lando, Lando, it was his episode. Let's real, like the major dramas were about him and how sort of this attack was personal for him, right? Because his nephew was Mm -hmm. on the attack ship. We got 
what three separate scenes which was just him sort of emoting yeah you know you know it's hard to like when i think of the episode who else even holds a candle like sinclair had a couple like you said did a did a dirty hairy impression and <laughs> went, yeah. went and fought in space and you know <laughs> yeah you know who else the, the the psychic and the bridge commander had a little back and forth but you know that wasn't so compelling no it was it was Lando all day and his yeah. sidekick. His sidekick might have actually been my favorite character, but no, okay. I think I, I was surprised Lando's name didn't appear in the episode title because I thought this was, uh, <laughs> you know, not only was he central, just kind of the plot arc, but it, mm-hmm. it, it involved a lot of character, if not development, at least character sort of, yeah, character development. Yeah, building out what this character is. And yeah. I guess there was a little bit for other people, but no, nah, this was all about Lando. I bet if you plotted screen time, it was this. He was like thirty percent of or forty percent of the. Yeah, time. I think this is one of those episodes that the screenwriter and director just like, hey, this is your episode. Have fun with it, and he just kind of lets the actor lead the way from that standpoint. I think it's like, I've heard some people um, mention that as like a, a gift episode for the actors, where they actually just get to act a lot. You know, which yeah. is what actors love to do. Totally, totally. Well, I hope the actor that plays Lando enjoyed this one because, yeah, he got, like I said, three separate scenes, which was just about him emoting and, and right. sort of <laughs> monologuing almost. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, we got your favorite character, I think, pretty squarely sorted going forwards, at least for right now. Yeah, I mean, two for two for Londo. Let's see. I mean, you know, the problem is Sinclair is just a little too white bread. Like, he's, okay, yeah, he, he's the, he really the is. action hero, pretty boy protagonist. Where's the meat? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. where's the where's the sustenance? Uh, but yeah, Londo's great so far. Uh, and I'm intrigued by Delane. Delon. Delane? Uh, Delane. <laughs> Delane, thank you. Uh, that character is is intriguing to me as well, and I think it was meant yeah. to be a bit mysterious. So we'll that's well, exciting to see. She tries being mysterious, but I think really Kosh has the award for most mysterious. I mean, what that's was he even doing? Was, was he taking a shower his... or something when the Sinclair yeah, walked in? Right. Yeah, and you know, very sort of uh, Darth Vader esque wheezing when when they're about yeah. to, not Darth Vader esque. It didn't sound anything like that. But there was this sort of just like building white noise before they answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's there to to sort of talk about the meeting, and they're basically like screw him. And he's like, which one? Uh, <laughs> The, yes. The, the, yeah, I think she's like yes, which was a pretty sassy answer for a mysterious, faceless ambassador. Yeah, totally. Okay, well, you know, I think that about wraps it up for today's episode. So for our next episode, uh, presuming there is another episode, who knows? Nowadays, uh, well, the sponsors working... are rolling in. You know, I'm oh, about ready true. to. I forgot to about quit that. The job I just got because. Yeah. Uh, all the all the cash money we're making here all the cash money especially from the guys that made my mic boom so oh, we're gonna yeah, get yeah, they're, <laughs> they're getting most of the cash money at this point yeah totally <laughs> so that wraps it up for us uh next episode we'll be watching soul hunter which soul uh hunter. will be an interesting one and we'll talk Love a bit more about that next Very time intriguing. though well yep. thanks for joining us everyone as always, a good eating to you. Good. And a good eating to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care.